to cover my ass where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more, well, no, not among the towering right. stacks of no, your just, library. Just, just turn off this way down the corridor. Thank you. Let Thank me you. unlock yep. this door here yep. for Lead you. It. Oh, can I, can I use my library card to, to, to swipe? No, it doesn't work on this. This, this. this requires the old skeleton type key. I mean, it had the locks on it, but I had them replaced for this model. Completely understand the need for security. Because, Absolutely. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the readers at home, uh, we are taking a trip to the uh, book repair studio. Absolutely. Yeah. L- uh, let me unlock this here and you can see we've got the... Uh... Do we need to wait outside while you check out the interior? No, that's fine. Just come along inside with me. This is one of those rare areas that's just completely safe to approach sight well, unseen. Well, like, don't get your fingers under the book cutter. But I no. sleep with dinosaurs. I, know, I really I don't. Know, but, yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying. Well, so, yeah, that. have a look around. Uh, we've got the work surface. Is here. This is basically where ah. all repairs are done to damaged books. And certain books, when they come in, they get a, a pre-treatment before they go onto the shelves. Uh, I noticed that that the, you have a lot of like paperback conversions to hardback, yes. or the, the you know where you put the cardstock on and yeah, laminate. We, 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 we cut the cover. We cut the covers off. We re-glue the backs and we put them in a hard. Uh, quick, quick question. We, well, me mostly, and a few of the temporary staff that occasionally comes in. I should probably ask about that, maybe next time. Just some people who help me with the bookbinding. I know the yeah. I know the basics. I do a little bit of the repairs myself. I'm sure that'll come up in a, in a future episode. Yeah, we'll absolutely. just have to tune back in. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert, obviously. I'm not a restorer of fine books. But you do like... excellent work. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, if, if, if we have a box standard book, then I can, I can obviously do basic repairs in it. But if, if we've got the classic leather-bound tomes, you need separate skills for that especially if the gilding needs new work but so yeah there's the uh, there, there's the book guillotine over there like remember no fingers okay yeah no that's that's very clearly stated on there no fingers oh, there's the uh, the cabinet with the, uh, what is it? With no, the glues quick, uh, yeah. quick sidebar what is the book guillotine used for oh it's for after you're done binding the book it's to square off the edges it's like you basically oh, just like okay. you put the book under a Yes. No, honey, this is where bad books go to oh, die. No, 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 that's not in this department. This is when you, <laughs> this is when you have a, a, a bourgeois revolution and the, and, the, and, the, and the old book monarchy needs to be... Uh, well, that kind of thing is not good for libraries. Last time that happened was in Alexandria and nobody's been there since. And there's probably good reason for it. Either it doesn't exist anymore no. or something else happened to it. Well, that's, that, that applies to a lot of things in the universe. Well, like yes. Either they don't exist... Or something happened to them. Well, it's very, it's very rarely that something exists and nothing happens to it. Politicians sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're here uh, uh, at my request. So thank you for opening up this this highly secure part of your library mm-hmm. that uh, uh, even my. Uh, library card that yes. I earned a few episodes ago uh, doesn't give access to because you know the damage that I've caused to your indexing yes. system. That's specifically and why I had this room removed from the card key system and went back to a I physical old-fashioned key. I completely understand. <laughs> I, also, I don't want you raiding the rare supplies that we use for repairing the old tomes and like oh, suddenly finding like you haven't constructed a fishnet out of like rare calfskin <gasps> leather which costs like... I could go fishing. No, you couldn't because you're not getting back into this room without supervision. No! But that's a great idea. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look around the rest of the uh, uh, areas that I do have access to and see what I can fashion. Okay, I'll, we're, I'll get you. Yeah. A, I'll get you a ball. No, it's of fine. Rope. It's, it's, like, it's really fine. Okay, good. Um, well, there, uh, there has been another uh, another incident. Um, oh dear. I've been uh, I've been building um, a visitor center. Uh, yes. for the for the Viliberaptors and mm-hmm. they've, they've really taken to like uh, pretending to be tourists and pretending okay. to be like 
I was going to say they live here. They don't need to visit, but it's all theater and they, ah, and they yes. really appreciate that. And I have that in common with them. Oh, we, we, we like a bit of pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, I've been a little, mm, what's the adjective for hubris? You have been hubris? Hubris? I've been myself. Okay. Fair essentially. Enough. Fair enough. Um, and overly uh, ambitious and a little careless in that because my, my main guide in, in constructing this, this book fort, uh, has been Jurassic Park, the novelization of the mm, book yes. based on, uh, the, on of the film based yes. on the, uh, on the, on the, on the novel. And I kind of, I didn't put it back on its shelf, uh, when we went to, to sleep. And I, I, I'm afraid it got damaged a little bit, but it's, I think it's, I think was, it's fixable. Was it chewed on by a Velociraptor? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was pecked quite, uh, uh, quite severely. When I woke up, they were very agitated and like Guinevere was going to town yeah. on it, but. Which page were they at? Uh, they were, they were going from the outside in, like, oh. so trying to damage. Oh, so, I don't think so any of the pages were affected. It wasn't a particular passage in the book that got them upset. Uh, n- n- not that I could detect. I mean, mm-hmm. I tried to, things are a bit testy between me and the, and the Velibraptors now because I had oh. to shoo them away. Well, they oh. don't, they don't completely understand my, my mime. But I so, can I, I, I would like to fix it. Uh, as you can see, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of superficial damage. I think the cover is largely, uh, fixable. Well, it's and- one of the, it's, it's one of the, the, the pockets which was, uh, converted to a hardback in house. Yes. So, so that's why I'm very hopeful take the cover off and put it in a new hardback and it should be okay i mean it was not like it's been checked out very often well that whole section of of novelizations of films based on novels is not particularly beloved it's not it's i mean i certainly haven't seen any visitors there no i mean there's like the uh i haven't seen any visitors anywhere it's like one of the things like you have a book collection yeah you have two options Uh, either you start a library and you don't let people in or you start a bookshop and you try not to sell anything. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you chose this option because if I lived in a bookshop uh, for, oh, what are we going to, 24, week 24, I think we're Come going on. Yeah, Good Lord. on six months. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, we'd basically be reenacting black books at that point, wouldn't we? Yes, either that or, like I said, the alternative would be uh, having uh, me being a Xerophel from uh, Good Omens. <gasps> We're recording this in advance, so it's very possible that that's already aired I'm by the time sure this episode comes sure, out. I'm, I'm not, not sure when it's coming out. Neither am I. It, <laughs> it could have already have happened. been. Oh dear. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I need to, I need to check up on the, uh, uh the, the time travel grammar section, which I think, uh, yes, uh Douglas it's, Adams it's started. The future, uh, the, the future past imperfect tense, I believe. Future, yeah. <laughs> Subjunctive. It might have already happened at some point. Yeah, uh, if only we spoke Finnish, because they can actually construct that. Like they can, they can conjugate a single verb to. I was just saying they keep it in the same in one word too. Yeah, yeah, one verb that is. Uh, uh, um, uh, they were going to have wanted to have said. Yes, which apparently is still allowed to make sense, and then they. Oh. Finnish, it's a, it's a beautiful it's, language. It's like very, I mean, useful, I suppose. I mean, do, do people know that thing? Out of, do mean, people know Finnish? Well, I mean, do they know how to do that kind of thing off the top of the head? Or do you actually need to have a degree in Finnish? You, you, you speak more Finnish than I do. I mean, I don't know. I never got that far. I mean, I can, we can say that uh, they were, go, they were going to have wanted to have said, like, we could probably construct that in Dutch, just yeah. knowing all the, all the, all the various. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, verb conjugations and which which order they go in. So uh, it seems like. Zij zouden dat gezegd willen hebben. They were going to. No, no. Ze hadden dat gezegd gaan willen hebben. Yes. They were yeah. going to have what? No. Oh, zij gingen. Zij gingen dat gezegd hadden. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> 
Uh, apologies to the uh, the Anglophone folks at home we for were not clearing our throats. We were merely trying this to. This is just what that sounds like. Yes. <laughs> we have an Emirati friend who uh, who visited. Um, and we asked him, like, what does Dutch sound like? And he was like, people bitch about Arabic sounding like you're clearing your throat and like you're speaking Klingon. But those people have never heard Dutch. And it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like a lot of, it's like roll your R's, growl your G's and spit your S's and you've got a good chance of speaking Dutch. But even then, in a tiny country that, that we have, we have such a, a variety of dialects. Like, oh, yes. how do you, how do you roll your, I mean, they, they growl their R's down south. And the, the, the H is a H and the R is a R. And like in Bostonian, which only has 25 letters in the alphabet, there's no R in there. And I, and I don't R. think there's... <laughs> Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, going to park the car Bastard. in the garage at Harvard Yard, which I guess yard. also cuts down on how many vowels they need. Okay, so I'm going to be working on, on, on restoring this book, but that's not going to stop us from yes. uh, reviewing this week's book. So what do we have in store for our readers uh, this week? This week's book is by Dominique Verso. It's called Yolanda, the Girl from Erosphere. Oh, I loved it. I love the cover. I love that it's a... I mean, okay, so for the readers at home, if you uh, look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book, and otherwise, check the show notes for an image and a link. And what we have is a 70s, like, Barbarella, Bond girl, like, Blonde saucy bombshell. but chaste. The first in a science fiction adventure series starring the beautiful sexologist on an intergalactic mission of love. How 70s can you get? Right! Uh, part of that, at once, the, the sexual liberation, and also... Uh, salacious for uh, uh, people who like the lady folk. Mm. I don't well, think it was explicitly for gentlemen. Definitely not. I mean, well, that's the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, there's some girl-on-girl -girl action in this. Certainly is, once she arrives on the planet Sappho 4, but we'll get there. Uh, so what I don't get is why she's got a Triforce on her uniform. Oh, I hadn't even seen yes, that. Yes, it's like, I think it's just a bit of a, like, artistic liberty there or something. Or maybe there's, like, she is Zelda. Well, she's, she's essentially wearing a, 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 a midriff-bearing tunic, and it's green, so maybe she's Link. I suppose. I yeah. believe there was a game where Zelda cross-dressed and... Uh, oh. I know that I've read a lot of fan fiction where Link cross-dressed. Oh, God. That little thing for Link. Well. It's the tight, I guess. And it's mm. got the, the, the cool hat and he's so, and he's so fit and he's rah, rah. Let's well, go. Let's yeah, go. well, the rah, rah. That's about all he ever says. Those are called efforts, beware, by the way. Beware of pots. Of pots? Hold uh, on. Pots uh, beware, no. I think. It's like, hang on, I'm going to have a little. Yeah, bit I think this is. Here. need to lubricate the throat a little mm. bit more. It's good advice. Any sexologist will give you. Oh, absolutely. Too much lube is almost enough. According to some participants. No, I agree. Everything with measure. Everything in moderation. Yes. Including moderation. Mm. Or as the Germans say, mäßig, aber regelmäßig. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. So, uh, let me see. How's an, what, how's an elegant way to translate uh, that? So, it's, 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 it's moderate, but regular. No. Yeah, moderate, but regularly. Yeah, it's, it's tough to do. There, there was another phrase that I, that I really like in German, uh, um, that was, um, Oh, it was a critique of a children's choir. Uh, das war nicht schön, aber schon laut. <laughs> so that wasn't pretty, but it was pretty, pretty loud. loud. Yes. <laughs> German is a great language for that kind of thing. And do we think that maybe our uh, heroine here, Yolanda, I mean, mm -hmm. Yolanda, I know that as a German name, but I also know yeah. it as a, as a French name. And uh, I believe it's popular I, in, in, in Scandinavia. It's very Yolanda. popular in the Netherlands. Yeah, all over the place. I she certainly has Teutonic 
features. So she's in a, a space control center with a, an asymmetric window behind her looking right. out over a, a starscape. Uh, she's wearing a, a, a bikini bottoms with a, with a big old belt. I was wondering if that was the intergalactic chastity belt. I mean, uh, it's, I, right. I think that's in the book. When she, on her mission, gets captured on Shagdan 4. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's strange how she always went to the fourth planet. Like, I know. She, it's like, it's she arrived like anywhere. She just... random. Maybe uh, the, uh, Mr. Dominique had something with the number four. There's plenty of foursomes in the book, so it's... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, Do we think that the writer is a, is a gentleman or a lady or a, or a non-binary person? Dominique. It's another one of those names. It can be anything. In French, it's very difficult to, yes. to Dom- tell. Dominique. No, Dominique Q-U-E. Is, Q-U-E yes, at the end. So that's the feminine. The feminine Dominique form. is usually when it ends in a C. That's you say it the same, but it, I, I think we should assume that the writer identifies as female if, yeah. she's, uh, if she's comfortable with that, uh, uh, with with that, that spelling that. of her name. So to finish the uh, 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 the cover, yes. we have we have Yolanda, and she's wearing her space uniform, and she's wearing her intergalactic chastity that's belt. clearly not a spacesuit, but yes. Well, no, but uh, uh, perhaps the undergarment for uh, a spacesuit. Oh, yes. One of those urinary collection devices, as I believe they're officially called on uh, uh, the International Space Station. See, this is why I'm not, this and many reasons is why I'm not an astronaut. <laughs> well, uh, a problem that has probably been solved by the time of, of, of Yolanda's time. We have nanotech materials who like shape shift and form to the uh, desire. They still called them like super plastics in the oh, book well, because yes, it, nanotech was a bit advanced. But I, no, I like this idea that uh, uh, all this. Old-fashioned futuristic stuff was actually futuristic. It just had old-fashioned mm. fashioned names. It's like back when in the days when Disneyland first opened, you had Tomorrowland, yeah. which depicts it the far future of 1985. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> the, <laughs> yeah. And they had to revamp it a few times because it got a little bit dated. But yeah, yeah. just move it up a little bit. Yeah. So oh. I, I thought that was very amusing to read about it. Like when, like I 1985. What was in there? Oh well, it was just like spaceship carousels and stuff like. Because we had a, we had a. a a techno-futurist in the Netherlands, uh, uh, Mr. Griet Titular. Oh, yes. He has the, the, the large baboon beard, and he had a uh, he had that southern accent. He yes. had the, the soft the G, the, yeah. the soft G. Um, but this was in a time where he could still have, like, an hour-long weekly program talking about cool shit that he'd seen yeah. in a trade show that he went to in, in Germany. If you, if you watch it now, it's, like, completely slow, and people are even umming and aahing on television. It's all, like, one-take stuff. So unproduced. It's absolutely, yeah. It's, like, amazing to watch that now. And then he had uh, he had an exhibition as well, The House of the Future, yes. uh, in, oh, his, God, uh, in his work. Like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But he spoke English. I mean, he he uh, he was an, he was an international traveler, and he went to Japan to trade shows to uh, look at these cool new magnetic tape technologies and uh, uh, and smaller color screens. And in the House of the Future, uh, like it responded to voice commands to open up the the atrium above the uh, yes, uh, the like pool, open room. the windows, or like open the curtains, and like yeah, and like dimmer switches, yeah, and color shifting. But it's remarkable how long it's taken for that kind of domotica stuff to actually gets to a general uh, yeah the, stage. the 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 smart home automation it's just like, about starting to get there and it's like well yeah because i mean much of the stuff that that was promoted then honestly didn't work and oh, yeah. even today kind of doesn't work a lot of the time either it, breaks, it tends to break down a lot you ask uh, your your smart home assistant of choice half the time they don't hear you and you have to remind them and sometimes when you didn't say anything at all they go like hey hello let me interject myself <laughs> yeah. into this it's like listening to a particularly rowdy episode of uh, game of thrones or farscape and just suddenly they'll dim the lights because they heard something saucy being said i wonder <laughs> 
how much of that would happen if uh, uh, Yolanda had been given the uh, uh, the film treatment? Maybe in the 70s they could have made it, but it would have probably been a cheap, soft-focus Vaseline on the lens. Is that part. really? I think I that's know what, what it you're talking been. about. Look at Barbarella, yes. which admittedly has been a while since I've seen no. it, but it had that excellent truly excellent like zero g scene opening phenomenally I'm, done i suspect it probably would have been something more like emmanuel she must have done so much damage to damage. oh lord oh come on like how many people will like try to get it on with the flight attendants just because they saw that movie and thought that they'd be like oh is that it. true I'm, I'm afraid it would oh, be oh lord people thought that that's how you're supposed to treat a flight attendant I'm i didn't like, know that that was that was her thing i thought she was uh, uh, one of those like multi-movie vamps sort of like debbie does you know dallas whatever she was yeah. she was a porn actress um, but who am I thinking of? Oh, Elvira or Elvira? How are you oh, supposed to no, say no, it? Something else entirely. Yes. Right, but she was a she was a character who uh, uh, she was based on like allure. I don't think. She, yes. I well, mean, she might have gotten a boob out, but I, I mean, don't think she and went. That's, and that's what I liked about Yolanda so much. It was much more of a positive. Uh, image it was much yeah, yeah yeah i mean she was she was definitely like titillating but that's because in her view sex is fun in all of its uh, yes, uh, in all of its absolutely. forms it's, uh, it's 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 beautiful and and powerful i guess that's why she got sent out as diplomatic envoy yeah <laughs> in this crazy crazy universe where uh, where sex is a, is a universal currency in a lingua franca and yes. and honestly why wouldn't it be uh, as i say uh, that sports brings nations together in this case come together uh, right now, now. Oh, for me. Oh, yeah, there was that one scene. That was... Ugh. Well, yes. It just seemed unhygienic to me, but... Yeah, well, you know, fun. a lot of sex is. <laughs> <laughs> if it got invented now, it would be banned for being unhygienic. <laughs> this was, yes, the 70s. Hygiene and, and, and physical grooming standards were, were different. People oh, were hairier in some areas. But I think that actually started as a thing just to sell razors. The whole, no way. Yes, it's, it's one of those that things. That is so crazy plausible. Some shaving company started marketing razors towards women shaving their armpits, and it suddenly became completely un, uh, unacceptable for women to have uh, oh. armpit hair. Like, we've got half the population that we're not selling our product yeah, to. Let's see exactly. if we can change this with a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> when, like, beachgoing became a, a, a unisex thing, yeah. uh, women had to have smooth legs and, well, for, and smooth underarms. And, and, and but for a while, there was, like, literally police checking to see whether whether or not the bathing suits of the ladies came down far enough. I mean, there's plenty of photos where, like, there's like, this copper with a tape measure checking to see whether or not the yeah, ladies... Yeah, no, uh, and you can clearly see in the photo that the copper's got a yardstick. Well, there's yeah. that too. <laughs> no, this is... It's, oh, I once went to, uh, in Berlin, in Germany, they had a, a, a really cool, really compact museum about life in the, uh, the DDR, yes, Eastern Germany. And it was really cool, like, interactive, really compact museum with lots of, like, drawers to pull out and a lot of things. You can squeeze yourself into a little Trabant car, and they had a, a a, a living room from that era. It was all really, really cool. And then there was a whole part about nudism. Oh, yes. Nudism was huge yes. in the entire Eastern Bloc. Oh, especially in Germany. I mean, the whole the whole Weimar Republic Germany was extremely liberal about that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing that communism could not stamp out. They tried, but the, the, the Germans, especially the East Germans, were like staunch about that whole thing. We are going out there and we're going to do it in the buff. And they had like yeah. a, a whole Baltic Sea colonies. Half of them were nudist colonies. Families go on vacation and they, and they play volleyball and whatever. And you go swimming and you're just nude. And to this day, I mean, going to a sauna in Germany, if you walk in there with your bathing suit, you will be stared out. But how do you spot the Englishman in a German sauna? It's like he's wearing his bathing suit. <laughs> they have this distinction. And I believe the Japanese have it as well between like... 
nude and I don't want to say naked. Let me see. Naked. Naked. Like, let's say it like that. Like, naked, naked is you're, 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 you're not wearing any clothes and you're up to something. And nude is you're just not wearing any clothes. That makes sense. Being nude in the onsen or in the Arabic world, the hammam. Yes. You know, in, in, in Europe throughout almost all of history. In Sweden, it's almost normal for someone to get changed in any place where there's like, it's suitable. And then the thing is, like, you, you just don't look. That's like, nobody worries yeah. about it because everybody goes like, you know, someone's changing. You just don't look at them. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, a big deal. It's I'm, like a, a, a mother nursing her baby. Like, yeah. okay, so that's at the bus stop. Let's, let's give this woman some privacy. Like, baby needs to be fed. For a baby happily nursing over a baby screaming right. because it's hungry. Exactly. Uh, back to the, well, not back to the front cover. So I think that, like, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, I mean, we've got the front, we've, we've, we've done the front cover. So do you think that she's standing, there's a spaceship in the background. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I mean, the spaceship that was mentioned most in the book was the HMS Tallywhacker. Uh, so do you think that's, she's <laughs> yeah. standing on the bridge of that, looking out this like oddly shaped window, or is, is that the Tallywhacker in the background? <laughs> well, it's either it's either the the HMS Tallywhacker or the USS Sutrakarma. Oh, yeah. uh, well, so it's 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 on one, looking in the other. I'm going to lean toward Sutrakarma is is where she's standing on because yes. that was the uh, uh, the the sort of pan Eastern coalition yes. uh, versus. The, the, the HMS Tallywhacker was obviously Her Majesty's Navy, HMS. But a name like Tallywhacker, like, there's there's nothing subtle about that. Like, well, because it means... Oh, can we say it on the, on the oh, podcast? Can we say it? rating anyway, I think. It means penis. It does. <laughs> Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Isn't it awfully nice to have a cock? Isn't it great to have a dog? <laughs> it's fine to have a stiffy. It's great to have a dick. From the tiniest little toucher <laughs> to the world's biggest prick. <laughs> so three cheers to your Willie or John Thomas. Hooray for your one-eyed trouser snake. Your piece of pork, your wife's bread fence, your pussy or your cock. You can wrap it up in ribbons. You can stick it in a sock. But don't take it out in public or they'll put you in the dock. dock. And you won't. Come, Come. back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you to Mighty Python. <laughs> Thank you, Monty Python, for that, that excellent contribution to our our cultural heritage. Um, I, I can only imagine that that was the, the ship's song on the HMS Tallywhacker. I, I, where, I can totally imagine. It. Yeah, where, where Captain Todger and... Uh, uh, oh, no, no, what was no, it? It was Long Dong Silver. Long Dong Silver, yes. Yes, that's right. Todger was the admiral. Um, do you, how did you wind up in the first place? On the on the HMS Tallywhacker, oh, it was a ship that she was assigned to on her uh, as, as being on her diplomatic envoy. Yeah, on her... uh, it was like okay, you can go to that ship and they're at your disposal, and they'll go wherever you tell them to take you. I thought it was very interesting to to, to meet this crew, where the, the male identifying members of the crew were mm-hmm. all euphemisms for a penis. So oh, you yes. had yeah, uh, had, I mean, you had Long Dong Silver. I think that was a nickname, but you well, had yes. uh, Steersman Benedict. Yes. It's just a little bit obvious, but also uh, kind of cute. I, 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 I do like that. And she got on well with him, and they banged, obviously. I mean, she, she gave him the appropriate access code to her uh, intergalactic chastity belt, which, like, does it even deserve to be called a chastity belt when it's when it's more like an access control system? Especially the DNA coding to uh, unlock it was like, really? Yeah. Okay, you're going to have a little bit of DNA sample, and of course, like... <laughs> That did, like, for the, for the gentleman that she, uh, uh, that she had social intercourse with, oh, yes. uh, that at least took the edge off and they were able to, oh, to yes. focus a little bit more on, uh, uh, on having a satisfying mutual experience. This is where they ran into the, uh, USS Sutra Karma. Was, yeah. Was of, of course, on the edge of the DPZ, the depornalized zone. <laughs> 
This was like what she was being sent out on on her diplomatic mission. This was an area where their their previous uh, sexual envoys had had very limited success. When their uh, their sexuologists achieve a certain career level, they've kind of grown out of the situation in the uh, United Kingdoms. There's nothing more they can teach there. They, or uh, learn for that matter. Or learn for that yeah. matter, yes. That's what Yolanda is doing. That's when they go on the long wank to bring porn to the pornless. Christ, what a good book. This is such a good book. Yes, that's right. She's she's one of the younger uh, members of her sororal oh, order. It's like unheard of at her age to already go on the long wank. And of course, where better to go than to the depornalized zone? Because like that's where the most... The, like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the depornalized zone was described as a sort of fallout zone from for a, a, a galaxy-sized copulin bomb. As you recall, the copulin bomb also appeared in, in the book uh, Operation Damocles, where it... Created the gay belt, yes. Created the gay belt. That, do you remember where it ran from? Like from mid Florida? No, to... no, no. It ran to Florida, from uh, Minnesota to, to How Florida. do you remember that every time? <laughs> Why do... Why... I've heard you struggle naming, like, characters or actors or, or people that you have personally met, but you invent this... this <laughs> This this bullshit gay belt, this bullshit location, just off the top of your head, and you can correct me on it every fucking time. How does your brain work? It's amazing. I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I could put it to good use. <laughs> the initial effect of the the, the Copulin bomb was to turn everyone gay. Was the idea the, yeah, that the, it's, it's called the Great Baron for for a good reason. Yeah, because apparently everybody just fucked each other's brains out, yeah. and they're and they're kind of over it now. So it was on the uh, USS Sutrakarma that Shalana meets uh, a fellow sexologist, Anang. Garanga, um, her her name was uh, Sex is natural, sex is fun. Sex yeah, when it's one on one. Oh, oh, well, that was like George Michael's take on it. Well, well, that's a little limiting I, for. I don't think he'd like. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Like, even when it was in the public bathrooms, it was still only one other contestant. <laughs> contestant. <laughs> But so, as they were being stopped and searched by the by the USS Sutrakarma, yes. uh, uh, being searched for with, contraband uh, before they could move through the... With uh, Captain Winky at the helm. Wait, I thought you said it was Long Dong Silver was no, the that, captain. That was the captain of the Tallywhacker. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Some some harsh words between Long Dong Silver and, and Captain Winky. Oh, yeah. Um, across the... Impressive sword fight that the two had. Yeah, and then I'll see you in my quarters. Yes, you definitely yes. shall. And then we... We didn't see any more of them for for quite a while. No, and that's where I was wrong about this. Uh, what we're seeing on the on the on the cover is not the uh, uh, the the USS Sutrakarma from the bridge of the HMS Tallywhacker, but this is where um, she and her ace pilot mm-hmm. uh, 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 Friedlander escaped the HMS Tallywhacker on one of their short range vessels. Yeah. Uh, in order to head into the depornalized zone without causing an incident, uh, uh, she relies on her ace pilot, uh, uh, Friedlander, who can keep her mind focused on the, uh, on, the on, the, on the mission. Yes. Which is a huge relief because very often she'll try to explain to someone what she's been sent out to do as a diplomatic envoy and as a sexologist and pretty soon someone will... Once will hands-on experience. Friedlander as a native of the DPZ is well uh, yeah. this whole... Uh, I'm not quite sure like how generations work in the deep porn life zone and everybody's like stopped shagging each other because the book kind of hand no. waves that a little bit. I wonder if IVF was uh, in vitro fertilization was known at the time that Ooh. this book was written. Don't know. So uh, and Friedlander has has some harsh barbs, jokey words to say about the uh, the intergalactic chastity belt that she thinks it's something that's so uh, uh, unnecessary and 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 almost kind of insulting to a woman of Yolanda's yes. uh, I mean, academic she, she standing. Had, she had to agree to wear it in order for the. Uh, 
the Captain Winky to allow her into the DPZ. So it's during that that intellectual intercourse that these uh, uh, that these women have that we learn a lot more about the uh, uh, the world that. Or, or the universe mm. uh, that, that happened because it, it's very tempting to you know, like you look at the cover and you think it's going to be a, a, a fun liberated sex romp throughout the throughout the universe, but it's actually a pretty well thought out like extension of uh, they mentioned specifically the Wissenschaftlich Humanitaires Committee, the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, yes. uh, was an initiative and in like the pre Freud, isn't it? Yeah. Right, was doing pretty advanced social science study of subjects like homosexuality and transgenderism are different and transgenderism in, in transvestitism isn't the same and uh, there was this idea that through scientific uh, uh, understanding with with compassion that we could have more just societies by investigating these these very normal parts of of human existence mm. how people experience sexuality or the lack thereof in the case of the deport life zone and uh, yep. ace pilot not just necessarily people by the narrow standard i mean this is where there's a little crossover with an earlier book that mm-hmm. we've discovered this is where we encountered stormfang blood moon the second oh do you remember her story. which episode was that from again uh i believe that was way back in episode two an episode that we've also like referred to quite quite recently the recurrence of uh, a book on the the theme yes. of hunky cat men that we like well, but this was uh, i believe in 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 that book by Yes, the- Anne Logston. Oh wow, very good. That, well, you've got your you've got your gay belt geography. I've got my authors down. So yeah, the book by Anne Longston. When I read that that original book that we reviewed back in back in episode two, I was kind of critical about the appearance of Stormfang Blood Moon the Second. I mean, mm-hmm. she was this 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 overbearing imperious figure that that sort of came out of nowhere and didn't contribute very much to the plot. But I appreciated her a lot more here. But it's fair to say that she stonewalled them yeah, initially. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a certain... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then literally, like, brought them to the Great Stone Wall. Yeah. So the Great Stone Wall for this, this civilization of, like, multi-legged cat people mm. uh, that, uh, that Stormfang Blood Moon is in, is in, is in charge of, uh, a civilization that apparently the rest of the, uh, the human nation, space nations, have never encountered because the depornalized zone is in the, in the oh, middle yeah, of them. Oh, absolutely. It was being patrolled way too correctly. And it's like, I mean, this was definitely a new type of sexuality for her to explore and learn from. I mean, like, Oh, yeah, multiple sets of the, genitals. Yeah, the whole... The whole, I mean, just the whole position book had to be rewritten from the ground up. Because, I mean, Stormfang Blood Moon the Second was a, 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 a sort of a centaur figure, but then with... Uh, feline features. Yeah. yeah. Uh, still, arguably, I don't, I'm, I'm still not convinced what their size was of their species. I'm still... Well, you see, I mean, yes. I'm still picturing four foot tall, tabby, oh. uh, cat men and, and, and women, cat people... Um, with with some extra hindquarters, so yes, and like sharp claws. Oh, they're Two, still ferocious. Four, six, eight, yeah, six, Who sorry, do seven, we eviscerate? Seven, it says seven out of eight extremities are pointy. Well, wait, okay, teeth, claws, teeth, claws, 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 and I suppose in the males you, they would have nine extremities if they if they had a cat penis. Wow, uh, we're I mean we haven't said any swears, but I think this this definitely counts as cat penis as, is not a swear word. No, I know that cat penis is not a swear word, but I don't necessarily want to admit how much how much anatomical knowledge I have about various genitalia, or why that's a perfectly normal thing for an adult man to know. No, they have barbs, don't they? They have uh, yes. it, it's sort of like it's sort of like hairs. I think are, are, I don't are know. fundamentally like in the way that uh, on human skin you can have goosebumps. Yeah, but there, there it's uh, uh, the not the follicles, but the 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 encapsulation of the the, the hair root uh, has erectile tissue. 
and so it can it can stand on end. I've never never examined it too goose closely. Flesh? I don't know. You've never had goosebumps. Oh, I've had goosebumps. It. I've never yeah. like examined feline penises too closely. So the great stone wall for this for this civilization was there like a, a major crisis in the in the uh, in, in the sexual identity of of this civilization. Their sexuality had stagnated basically. They were just like doing the one thing over and over. The reproductive and it was basically thing. a reproductive thing and that was yeah. it. And like I mean, Yolanda's appearance there was like a revelation to them. It was just Let like, me tell you about all this cool stuff that I know like, about. Oh, why would you do that? Because it's fun. Because it's, it's fun. Yeah, like she was applying galactic sex therapy. Oh yes. Uh, uh liberating these these peoples from from very uh, limited like stifling ideas of 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 Sex how this could have reproduction, yeah, intercourse was, essentially yeah. with with each other. You know, I actually once visited intercourse in Pennsylvania. Oh, very it's good. A, it's a little town. It's where I met uh, uh, some Amish people, or where I uh, uh, encountered some Amish people. Yeah. And I, I also loved that while this would have been an opportunity in a, in a sort of exploitation story to 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 have crazy zero g like multi limbed sex, like her focus is on the 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 absolute basics of sensual pleasure. Like the very first thing that she does is she brings one of her brushes. Oh yeah. Okay, you just you just sit down here and we'll have a bit of a grooming session. And how yeah. nice is that? I mean, she's got the hair for it, so right. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you had one of those? Oh, what's it called? Those scalp massage? Oh, those head scratcher like, thingies. The yeah, head yeah. scratcher, those, those, the, the, those the metal tentacles. The, yeah, yeah. tentacles. Oh, my God, like, first time you had one of your head is. I didn't know that my body could do this, and yes. please never stop. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you ever turn it on a dog? Yeah, I've seen videos, yeah. <laughs> and they just... Dogs at first, is like, what's this? And, and you can see it just go completely gormless and go like, ah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because it feels great. So I just love this idea that that's the uh, the big revolution that she can that she can bring. And she starts from the ground up as a as a trained sexual scientist can can do. You have all of these senses that can be that can be brought to to heights of ecstasy. And oh, I just I just really enjoy that it was such a, a, a sex positive, uh, but also in the case of the 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 ace pilot that there was way more to it than than yeah, sex absolutely for a for a, a book that initially caught our attention in 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 that it might be salacious and 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 naughty because it i mean it's a lovely title yolanda the girl from aerosphere yes it was, it was a lovely book so how should we rate this book oh. um i don't think that we've had you know, a I, I know that this question comes up every time and it always still catches me off guard but <laughs> i'm just like ah shit but we can do that. it together uh, uh much in the just as yolanda would would encourage us to we can if there's something that needs doing we can do it together that's the that's yes, the spirit of the uh, interacting uh, over me 69 Yes, sixty-nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, a solid, a solid rock hard sixty-nine. Yeah, let's go. Just like, just like, we're not even rated out of anything. We're just going to give it a six. No, because you never compare sex to, to other sex. No, absolutely. That's more form, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, sex is like pizza. You know, if it's like, even if it's said. bad, it's still pizza. Well, you know what I mean. It's like you've got if if it's good, it's yeah. good, and if it's bad, it's bad, it's still pizza. Huh? Speaking of coming together. Can we really do that? Can we all just come together and... No, that's probably not something that I want to say to the, the audience no, right now. let's not do that on our podcast. <laughs> we want all of our listeners to be sex positive, obviously. Yeah, but, but we don't we want don't to necessarily... want to come together. No, no, this is, this is for you to enjoy and... 
There's no way out of this sentence. Uh, speaking of reviews, uh, we love being your dirty little secret. Uh, uh, but if you tell a friend about uh, uh, the podcast, and that friend could be like iTunes. iTunes is a pretty good friend to tell about uh, uh, our little podcast. Then something magical might happen. Like, oh, I don't know, one of those cute little Pokemons just briefly jumping out of the screen to give you a bit of a cuddle. And thank you for taking them on such adventures. So what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by Pascal Lemire. It's called oh. Dog Shit. Shaming. Alternative training oh. techniques to help you cyberbully your bulldog into shape. No, that's awful. Dogs are sensitive creatures. What <laughs> about covers it? Uh, thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only judge a book by its cover. cover. <laughs> you don't shame them. I mean, they're very sensitive souls. They know uh, when they've done something I mean, wrong. How many dogs do you know on the internet? Well, that's probably not the right question. Yeah, the whole saying is on the internet, nobody knows that you're a dog. Yeah, that's probably.